Thank you for listening to the weekly messages of New Providence Primitive Baptist Church. To subscribe to our podcast, hear other messages, or learn more about us, please visit nppbc.com. I'm grateful we have been given the Spirit. Not a spirit of fear, but a spirit of adoption, he said, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. (laughs) Now, those, those words are the same thing. Abba, in the Hebrew language, means father. He just used both terms, Abba, Father. And we're able to cry unto him with such a term of endearment, you see, a term that indicates there is a relationship between he and I. I'm not calling on God as if he's someone foreign to me. When, when I go to God, I'm not inquiring of God as if I don't really know him and he doesn't know me. No, I've been given a spirit of adoption. Something that is clear and settled. It is something that is already done. It is something he has promised me. And that spirit gives me the confidence when I pray. I am praying to my father. Not someone else, but my father. Now, if you've still got a father, count yourself blessed. Someone you can go to, someone you can talk to, a father, someone that cares for you. But here's what I want you to know. Regardless of whether your earthly father is here or not here, I've got one that is a heavenly father. And I can cry unto him and know that he hears my prayers. The love of the Lord endures. Grateful to God to be here tonight. Turn with us to the book of John chapter number 11. John chapter number 11, I want to try to be faithful to the text tonight. It's my desire, and it certainly has helped me over the last few days as the Holy Spirit has dealt with me on several things. Um, This is a topic I I don't believe it'll miss anybody. Uh, There are times that I I feel like I'm preaching to the choir, and... uh, you know, wondering why God does some some of what He does, but not tonight. I think we all need to perk our ears up and pay attention spiritually, and uh, let's let the Word of God do its work. John chapter number eleven. I'll read as quickly as I can. Now, a certain man was sick, named Lazarus of Bethany the town of Mary and her sister Martha. It was that Mary which anointed the Lord with ointment and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. Therefore his sisters sent unto him, saying, Lord, behold, he whom thou lovest is sick. When Jesus heard that, he said, The sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God might be glorified thereby. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister, and Lazarus. When he'd heard, therefore, that he was sick, he abode two days still in the same place where he was. Then after that, saith he to his disciples, let us go unto Judea again. His disciples say unto him, Master, the Jews of late sought to stone thee, 
And goest thou thither again? Jesus answered, Are there not twelve hours in the day? If any man walk in the day, he stumbleth not, because he seeth the light of this world. But if a man walk in the night, he stumbleth, because there is no light in him. These things said he, and after that he saith unto them, Our friend Lazarus sleepeth, but I go that I may awake him out of his sleep. Then said his disciples, Lord, if he sleep, he shall do well. Albeit Jesus spake of his death, but they thought that he had spoken of taking of rest in sleep. Then said Jesus unto them plainly, Lazarus is dead, and I am glad for your sakes that I was not there, to the intent you may believe. Nevertheless, let us go unto him. Then said Thomas, which is called Didymus, unto his fellow disciples, let us also go that we may die with him. And when Jesus came, he found that he had lain in the grave four days already. Now Bethany was nigh to Jerusalem, about 15 furlongs off, and many of the Jews came to Martha and Mary to comfort them concerning their brother. Then Martha, as soon as she heard that Jesus was coming, went and met him, but Mary sat still in the house. Then said Martha unto Jesus, Lord, if thou hadst been here, my brother had not died. But I know that even now, whatsoever thou wilt ask of God, God will give it thee. Jesus said unto her, Thy brother shall rise again. Martha said unto him, I know that he shall rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Jesus said unto her, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. Believest thou this? She saith unto him, Yea, Lord. I believe that thou art the Christ, the Son of God, which should come into the world. When she had so said, she went her way and called Mary her sister secretly, saying, The Master is come and calleth for thee. As soon as she heard that, she arose quickly and came unto him. Now Jesus was not yet coming to the town, but was in that place where Martha met him. The Jews then, which were with him, with her in the house, and comforted her when they saw Mary, that she arose up hastily and went out, followed her, saying, She goeth unto the grave to weep there. Then Mary was come where Jesus was, and saw him, and fell down at his feet, saying unto him, Lord, if thou hadst been here, my brother had not died. When Jesus therefore saw her weeping, and the Jews also weeping, which came with her, he groaned in the spirit, was troubled, and he and said. Where have you laid him? And said unto, they said unto him, Lord, come and see. Jesus wept. They said that, then said the Jews, Behold how he loved him. <clears throat> and some of them said, Could not this man which opened the eyes of the blind have called thee, even this man should not have died? Jesus therefore again groaning in himself cometh to the grave, and it was a cave, and a stone lay upon it. Jesus said, Take ye away the stone. Martha, the sister of him that was dead, said unto him, Lord, by this time he stinketh, for he's been dead four days. Jesus said unto her, Said I not unto thee, that if thou wouldst believe, thou should see the glory of God. And they took away the stone from the place where the dead was laid. Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank thee that thou hast heard me. And I know that thou hast heard me always, but because of the people which stand by, I said it, that they may believe that thou hast sent me. When he had thus spoken, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. He that was dead came forth, bound hand and foot with grave clothes, and his face bound about with a napkin. Jesus saith unto them, Loose him and let him go. 
And many of the Jews which came to Mary and had seen the things which Jesus did believed on him. Going to stop right there. Father, thank you for your word. We pray earnestly that you would speak it into our hearts. Help us, I humbly pray, to receive it into our hearts and to allow it to change us. We thank you for the word and the purpose to which you've sent it. I'm praying for the unction, God, the liberty to speak it. Grant me, God, the utterance that can only come from you. Use the instrument, God, the vessel as you will. May it be to your glory. For I ask it earnestly and purposefully in Jesus' name. Amen. <clears throat> I find in the scripture that a common question to God was when. When, Lord? And uh, so I want to ask a question to us tonight. Is God's timing perfect? Now, it's not always comfortable nor easy to get to that place, and I'd suggest that this isn't something that you'll just graduate today from, but something that more than likely you will progress into day after day and get better at, hopefully, each one of us. But the words is still the same. I was reminded in the word where... Uh, Samuel had anointed David king over Israel. The Bible said that there were several years that David wasn't king after that, right? There were several years that David was on the run, running from Saul. And we find written in the Psalms, the psalmist asking him, when, Lord, when are you going to do what you promised? When will you do what you've said? Is God's timing perfect? It's a hard concept because God's time ain't ours. And many times we think God ought to do it according to our watch, right? Because we're the ones with time, remember? We're the ones that are measuring it by time. We're the ones that are suffering and counting the minutes until he answers our prayer and does what we seek him to do. Now, the question is, is, is God's timing perfect? Now, you, you heard what I read, and you obviously know what that scripture teaches us about God's timing. But I want us to go, if we can, just a bit deeper tonight, because I believe that we all need some patience. And I'm at the front of the line, and uh, if you beat me to how many times you ask him, uh, you've done a work. But we all need to be patient when it comes to God's timing. Not because God's slow, but because God's perfect. And God is holy. God is righteous. And God is all-seeing. And God is all-knowing. And what God does, oftentimes, we don't understand because we can't see but what's in our own lane. We can't see over here or over there. We can't understand what's behind us or in front of us. What we don't know is that, is that God all the time is working. May I say to you that God never takes his sleep. He's never at rest. God is never on a vacation. God's good. He's never at a place where he's not doing and not working for the good of you and I. How do you know that? Because his word tells me that. There are promises that support that truth. There's a glorious truth in all of this that our God is working all things together for our good. Now, 
Doesn't change the fact that we're impatient as his servants. We're expecting God to do things that that really need to be done, right? And I'm not trying to get ahead of God here, but just trust me when I say it. I believe all of us are in the same place where we, where we really want to see God do something, and we want to see it now. The psalmist wrote in Psalms 119, and I just had to pick one, right? Because if you just go through the scripture, I just had to read and read. But I picked one from Psalms 119, just verse number 82. Here's what the psalmist said. He said, my eyes fail for thy word, saying, when wilt thou comfort me? When are you going to comfort me? I don't know how many times that we read in the book of Kings as David was running from Saul and how many times that he could have taken Saul's life himself, but he did not. He spared God's anointed. And every time he was asking God, when are you going to change this? What are you going to do? When are you going to change this? May I say to you today that, that friend, even when we don't understand what God's doing, I want us to all leave here tonight knowing that God is in control. His timing is perfect. And there are times that we simply don't know what God's doing. And may I say to you, there's a lot of times he don't tell me. There's times when I want to know. There's times when I ask him and he's absolutely silent. There must be a lot of things that I just don't need to know. Truth is, I'm glad he don't tell me most of it. Don't know that my brain can handle the information. But here's the good news. God's never late. God's never late. If God was ever late, it would indicate it was a weakness of some sort, a shortcoming or a failure. And what we know about God is he can't fail. He can't fail. So that makes every circumstance of my life completely in his hands and in his control. And so you know what I need? I need to be patient. But isn't that one of the most hardest, the hardest things that you've ever done? What Isaiah said, he said it like this. He said, they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. He said, at some point, they'll mount up with wings <laughs> and they'll fly. They'll run and not be weary. They'll walk, not faint. But they will have to wait. There are times that we just got to wait on God. We just got to wait for the door to open. You can ram your head against it as many times as you want to, but until God turns the key, you're not getting in. The answer ain't coming. Sometimes we know the purpose and sometimes we don't. For me, most of the time I don't. I don't know why God's doing what he's doing, but may I say to you, God's timing is perfect. As many times as I've prayed, as many times as I've sought God, as many times as I've wept over souls and certain ones and asked God, when are you going to do this work? When are you going to change this circumstance, this situation? When are you going to act in the life of this soul? When are you going to do this thing? I have to be reminded today that, that God is always on time. I looked in the book of Daniel and found where he had waited 21 days, <laughs> right? You're talking about an earnest prayer. He was an earnest prayer. I'm not putting myself in that category. I'm talking about Daniel. Daniel was an earnest man of prayer. We find him as he had fasted and took no 
no pleasant food and he'd ate nothing and he'd fasted for 21 days asking God for information, praying that God would, would speak to him and show him. And you know what? On the 22nd day or whatever it was, here comes, here comes this vision coming across the water and, and, and Daniel describes the glory of it. We know it to be the incarnate Christ coming across there. And as Daniel melted before the image as he literally passed out and was touched by by and risen back to his knees and God began to speak to him through, I believe, the Lord himself. When, when Daniel, he told him, he said, Daniel, he said, from the first time you prayed, he said, I heard you. You know, when I cry to the Father, the Father hears me. It's just like there ain't no other children. When I'm praying, there ain't no other children. It's just like nobody else has got his attention, that I have his 100% attention every time that I go to God in prayer because I can cry, Father. I can pray, Abba, and he knows me. And he responded to me. He's there when I pray. He said, I heard you, son, when you started. I heard you the first time you prayed. I've heard you every time you prayed hey, for 21 days. But he explained it, you see. And that's something we don't often get from God as an explanation. The Bible said that he told, I, he told Daniel there, he said, I heard you on the first day. He said, but we've been in a battle. I thought of that this week because I was studying that scripture again. And, and Daniel said, or Daniel had received from him the, the information that there'd been a war going on spiritually. A battle against Satan himself, I believe, the prince of Persia, whoever that was. And, and the Bible said that, that there'd been a war going on. And, and, and before he could get to Daniel, he had to deal with that. And I thought to myself, I wonder if that still happens. I wonder if it's still the case where sometimes when I pray that my answer is delayed because God's doing something else. Now, what I know about Daniel is that it was still on time for Daniel. Did he want it on day one? Yeah. Did he want it on day two? I'm certain. But he had to wait till day 21, and I still believe that the the answer came on time for Daniel but God gave him an excuse, or I mean, not an excuse, a reason, a, a reason that he wasn't able to get there on the first day. And I thought to myself, I wonder if God still is doing stuff like that. Well, if he was doing it then, why wouldn't he be doing it now? Why wouldn't there be certain things that, that God simply delays because there's something going on that is of greater importance or significance? You can chew on that one. I'm not going to take it any farther. But I can tell you this much. God is perfect all the time. Right? And that's not just a statement that I'm making. I'm telling you, it's the very thing that our hope is in. If God is not 100% perfect in every way, let me be clear. He is not God. If he is not perfect, he is not God. He can't save you if he's not God. If he's not absolutely who he said he was, he is not the one that can save us. But what do we know? He did save us. We know he is God. We know he is perfect. And we know that his timing is right. The Apostle Paul, I'm just going to give this one and then I'm going to get right into the other text and we'll be done. 
Acts 27, the Bible said that Paul was on a ship and, they, and he told them not to leave the harbor. Do you remember the story? And they get out there and this, this big storm hits them and, and they're fighting for their life. And let me read to you what it says. And when neither sun nor stars in many days appeared, no small tempest lay upon us. All hope that we should be saved was then taken away. You felt like that? Some of you feel like that right now. You feel like that right now, that it just doesn't seem like it's getting better, it's getting worse, and we, we ain't seen the sun spiritually in days. It doesn't look like there's any hope to save this. And while the day was coming on, Paul besought them all to take meat, saying, I'm reading several verses later now. Paul besought them all to take meat, saying that this is day 14 that ye have tarried and continued fasting and have taken nothing. Wherefore, I pray you to take some meat, for this is for your health, for there shall not a hair fall from the head of any of you. They had been 14 days waiting on an answer from God. Paul had, right? There's a great number of them on that ship that were just unbelievers, right? They didn't have any idea what was going on, but Paul did. Paul had been waiting on an answer and then finally, in a vision or a dream, or he was told, just make sure everybody stays on the boat. God didn't tell him, Paul, I'm going to rescue on day 14. I'm going to rescue on day 20, 21. I'm going to, I'm, no, he just said, Paul, tell him to eat something. They've been fasting for 14 days. He said, tell them to eat something and take heart because as long as they stay with the ship, they'll be all right. That's all the information that he got. I don't know what you need tonight, but I hope to God that you'll get from his word what you need because whatever we need, I believe he'll give that. He'll give the part that we need, the spirit that we need, the encouragement that we need, the reminder that we need, the song that we need, whatever it is that we need. I know the Holy Spirit of God will not let me down when I'm feeling impatient or patient. Either way, God is always faithful to me. He will never leave us nor forsake us. The Holy Spirit is the comforter by definition. And brother, the comforter has come. If there ain't anything else in this world that'll give you comfort, if the Holy Spirit abides within you, you've got comfort present. For the rest, we'll have to be faithful. All right, let me look at the text quick that I read, John chapter number 11. I'm going to give you purpose number one. Now, this is one of the few times that you'll find in Scripture where the Bible is very clear on why God chose not to be at a particular time and chose to be there at a different time. I'm going to give you four purposes tonight that we find that are clear in John chapter 11. Number, purpose number one, from verses three and four, we'll find that the Lord's timing does have a purpose. The Bible said, therefore his sister sent unto him, saying, Lord, behold, he whom thou lovest is sick. And when Jesus heard that, he said, This sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God. That the Son of God might be glorified thereby. Now, I have no idea, and you don't have any idea. A lot of times when we're having to go through something, we don't know why. 
Not only do we not know when God is going to do something in our behalf, but most of the time we don't know why that whatever's going on is going on. May I encourage you tonight and say, you're no different than anybody else before you. They didn't understand what was going on. Jesus, this one time, said to them, look, this is for the glory of God. What's going on with Lazarus is for the glory of God to the intent that the Son of God might be glorified. Now, I don't know what's going on in your life and a lot of times in my own life. I don't know why and I don't know the when. But here's what I can tell you. If it means that the Lamb of God is glorified, then what we need to do is recognize the importance of being patient until he delivers us. Did he not promise he'd deliver? He'll deliver us. He'll never fail us. He'll deliver us. Purpose number one was for the glory of God. Sometimes what we go through is strictly for the glory of God. And that's reason enough. Reason enough. The Bible said in verse number six that he waited two days and he did that on purpose. Right? It's clear. Let me read it to you. When he had heard, therefore, that he was sick, he abode two days still. He knew. They had told him, Lazarus, sick unto death. And yet Jesus purposely stayed two more days in the place where he was. He did not go to his friend Lazarus or to Mary or Martha, and the Bible clearly says he loved them all. But he did not go. He waited two days. You know what he waited? He waited for Lazarus to die. That's hard to swallow, ain't it? When you need him the most, he won't come, right? While he was yet alive, he wouldn't show up. As a matter of fact, he waited on purpose until he died. That's tough. They that wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. Wait on the Lord. The psalmist said, Lord, when will you comfort me? Did he comfort David? Yes, he did. Did he anoint David finally king over Israel? He did. Was there a day when David was victorious over all of his enemies? Yes. And was it perfect in God's time? It was. But how many nights that David wept and said, God, how long? How long? Purpose number two, verse number 14 and 15, then said Jesus unto them plainly, Lazarus is dead. Right? He had to just come right out and tell them, look, he's dead. And I'm glad for your sakes that I was not there. And he gives them purpose number two. He said, to the intent that you may believe. Did you know that most of what we go through is not just for the glory of God, it's so that we get stronger. So that we learn that God never fails regardless of the circumstance. How many things have we went through? How many testimonies have I heard as I look back throughout all of this congregation? How many testimonies I've heard of people that, that just said, I didn't know what I was going to do. And yet there was power that sustained me. There was a grace that covered me. There was a sustaining of the Spirit of God that never let me go. May I say to you today that God cannot fail. He cannot fail. 
And whatever the circumstance is in your life, here's what you can know. Often the purpose for you having to go through it for however long you go through it is to the intent that you may believe. Is there one of you in here today would say that my faith needs no more strength? My faith needs no more work. I'm as strong in faith as I could ever be. No, often what we go through, whether it's catastrophic or it seems to be, regardless of what that is, I can assure you at the end of it, when God delivers, it strengthens our faith. Jesus said, look, Lazarus is dead. And he said, for your sake, I'm glad I didn't go. If I'd gone, if I'd have been there, you know what Jesus would have done? He'd healed him. Well, they'd seen hundreds healed. That's old stuff by then. They'd seen so many people healed of everything you'd think of. Healing somebody, that wasn't nothing for Jesus. No, he said, I thank, he said, I thank God for your sake. I didn't go. Well, they thought, he said, to the tent that you might believe, that you may believe. You know what he knew about them, Alfred? He said, their faith wasn't where it needed to be yet either. They'd watched hundreds, maybe thousands have already been healed by the hand of the master. But I'll tell you what they hadn't seen much of is him raising them from the dead. Purpose number two was for their own faith. Their own faith, the faith of the disciples. Bible said in verse number 21 and 22, Jesus heard it three different times, and I'm going to give it to you all in sequence right here. Verse number 21, 22, then said Martha unto Jesus, Lord, if thou hast been here, my brother not died. You know what she was saying? You're too late. Number one, Number two, verse number 32, then when Mary was come where Jesus was and saw him, she fell down at his feet saying unto, Lord, if you'd been here, my brother wouldn't have, what'd she say? You're too late. Number three, verse number 39, Jesus said, take ye away the stone. Martha, the sister of him that was dead, said unto him, Lord, by that, this time he stinketh, for he's been dead four days. Lord, it's too late. Ain't we like that? Right? We, we, we get discouraged when we don't get it in our time. We get discouraged when it don't work out the way we thought it was supposed to work out. When, it, when our prayer ain't answered exactly how we prayed it, we start to think that maybe God's doing something different. Oh, woe is me. May I say to you today, there were three times that they accused the King of kings and the Lord of lords of not being able to tell time. You're too late. You're too late. You're too late. God help me to recognize that thank God he is. And he's never been late. Thanks be unto God he don't work according to my watch. And I'm so glad he don't answer some of my prayers. I can't hardly stand it. If I got everything I asked for, I'd be in a terrible mess. He gives me what I need, and he gives me what I can handle. He knows what's best, brother. He knows what's best, and he ain't ever late with his answer. It's perfect. 
His timing is perfect. The problem is not God. The problem is me, and the problem is you. And the problem is, is we establish our expectations based upon our timing and not God's. It's so difficult to simply lay it in the hand of God and say, you know what, it don't matter. Whatever you think, I'm, I'm in. That's the toughest thing. We, can, right? we don't want to do that because it may mean that we've got to go three more days in this storm with no idea whether the sun is going to shine ever again. Or that we're going to make it. Right? It's a measure of our own faith, and we need to wait upon the Lord. Recognize that patience is important. Purpose number three. I said there were four. Purpose number three, verse number 40. Jesus saith unto her, Jesus saith unto her, said I not unto thee, that if thou wouldst believe, thou shouldest see the glory of God. That's similar to the first one, but it's not the same. The first purpose that I gave you specifically was about about the Son of God being glorified by the event itself. Now, God received glory from that, but the Son of God received the glory thereby. And yet what he's saying in in, in purpose number three is he said, I want you to see the glory. Right? Number two was to the intent that you may believe. But what he said unto Martha was, is he said, I want you to see the glory. That's a purpose, friend. That he, he wouldn't have to do. And yet what God is saying is, I want you to see my power. I want you to see the glory. Did I not say unto you, if you if you just believe me, that you would see the glory of God. Purpose number four, verse 45. The Bible said that many of the Jews which came to Mary and had seen the things which Jesus did believed on him. Do you realize that had he just come and healed Lazarus, there wouldn't have been no one there. the reason they were there was because Lazarus died. There would have been been just a handful of people that seen Jesus heal his buddy if Lazarus hadn't been allowed to die. Had Jesus not tarried two days? It doesn't say how many, but the Bible said many. Let me just take the word for what it means. It means a bunch. I don't know if it's 20 or 40 or 100, but it's a bunch. It was many. The Bible said that when they saw what Jesus did, they believed on him. How do you know? How do I know whether or not what God's working in my life ultimately is not just so that I believe and I see the glory of God and the Son of God is glorified, but what if what we're going through is so that somebody else might believe? I don't know of any other 
particular example in the Word of God that is so clear as this one. But for whatever reason, he was clear. And he did say that in all that he does, he has a purpose. And as much as I want him to hurry up on some stuff, he's always right. He's always on time. I can I have the benefit, you see, of being 50-something years old and looking backwards now. Right? If you're 17-year-old, you're looking back and there ain't much back there. But when you get my age and you look back, there's a bunch of stuff back there now. And I'd like to testify you too, or testify to you tonight that when I look back on all of those hard things, I can tell you two things. He never let me down. And he was never late. What about you? Yeah, sure, it would have been a lot easier if he'd have told you on the first day that she wasn't going to have cancer. But he didn't. Did he have a purpose? Glorious. It was glorious. Matter of fact, you're still sharing it with people. You know why? To the intent that they may believe. See, I can look, I can look backward in my life and say, I sure was impatient. Downright a nuisance. Yet when I look back, he never failed. Not one time did he fail. Not once did he fail me. And as I look back on the circumstances, I could also say he was always right on time. Truth is, we can't fix most of what's wrong. And you got stuff and I got stuff. You'll always have problems. And sometimes they're big. Sometimes they hurt. Sometimes they steal your sleep and your very peace. But if you've got God, if you know the Lord Jesus Christ is your own personal son, if you can cry, Father, here's what I can tell you. He will not fail you. And he will not be late. So be encouraged. Be encouraged. And able to say, as the Old Testament writer penned, that this too shall pass. That everything we go through down here for the children of God, it's orchestrated for His glory in some way or another. And for our belief, the intent that we might believe to. Stand as we sing. If you're here tonight and you know in your heart you're not right with God, would you get right? I'll tell you, I, I can't imagine going through life 
and all the heartache and all the struggle and all the problems and the strife and the unknowns and all of the things that we have to go through. It's one thing to go through it knowing that we have a God. We have a God that will not fail. He cannot fail us. He cannot lie. Well, it just goes on and on. Ah, just wait. He told Abraham, he said, I'm, I'm going to make you the father of many nations. As the sand on the sea, the stars in the heavens, so shall your seed be. And you know what? He told Abraham that when Abraham didn't have one youngin. Abraham got in a hurry. I've been there. Got in a hurry a few times and just tried to do it my way. You know what I'm talking about? God ain't done it. He must not be going to do it. He must be expecting me to do it. And I jump right in there and slam my head right against the closed door. And mess it up. God made a promise to Abraham. Did he lie? No, he didn't lie. We need patience. So I'm going to pray for patience then. Well, go ahead, but I can tell you how you get it. Right? The Bible said, tribulation worketh patience. Right? Some of us have got a little of it now. Why? Because we've been through a bunch of stuff. If if you've been serving him any time at all, you're getting stuff. (laughs) Right? You're learning. Tribulation worketh patience, but patience worketh something too. What was it? Anybody remember? Experience. Patience worketh experience. Remember me talking about looking behind me? Right, there's stuff you've been through that you can look back on now, and it's experience. And in that experience, I was clear. He never failed me. And experience worketh hope. Because when I look back and I see his goodness and his faithfulness and his timeliness in all the hard things of my life, that tribulation worked, it worked patience. That patience, learning to wait on God, now is experience. And that experience is my hope. And that hope maketh me not ashamed. Why? Because here's what I can tell you. 
Right? You've got your own burdens, but I've got bunches too. And God ain't answering these prayers yet. And this ain't this this ain't a new list. This this thing's old. And I ain't asking for a new car. I'm asking for somebody's soul. But my experience tells me not to give up. Because he will not fail me. Whatever he's doing, it'll be right and it'll be on time for purposes I may never understand completely, but I can trust him. I will not be made a fool. I will not be ashamed of the hope I have in him. That hope will not make me ashamed. I won't, ha- I won't be 10 years from now, I won't be hanging my head and saying God didn't come through. We get it, right? We get it. I'm just going to pray and let you go home, and I hope, I hope it just soaks in. I'm talking about from the doorknob to the cross. Everybody needs this. God does not fail. Bible said in Romans 4, I'm going to hush. You you preach this for weeks. Paul was talking about Abraham. In Romans 4 and 20, he said, and he staggered not at the promise of God. I'm afraid I've staggered many, many times. But that faith that Abraham had in Jesus, in God, the Bible said was imputed to him for righteousness. God can't fail. So as hard as it is, don't lose hope. Look behind you. Remember all he's done so far. That'll encourage you to wait on him, to trust in him, just to hope in him. Because he can't fail. He's not late. So let's just keep trusting him. And by the way, keep praying. As long as we've got hope, we should be able to pray. Keep praying. God's going to do what God's going to do. And you, he's really not leaving it up to you or me. You say, well, I, I don't know what to do. Let me tell you something. If the God in heaven can't tell you what to do, he's not God. Hear me. I need to know. He needs to. T- if you'll just wait. When it comes time for you to know something, here's what I'm going to tell you. You will know 100%, absolutely, without any doubt, when he speaks to you, you'll know just exactly what to do. But until that time comes, you're just going to have to wait. But you can mark my words. When it comes time that you need to know, you will know. You will know. You don't think the Holy Spirit's big enough to speak to you? To tell you? He won't fail. He won't fail. Stay the course.
Stick with it. Try not to stagger. Hold on. God won't fail us. So let's believe him. Not for just, I'm talking about for all of it. Let's believe him. And keep praying. Keep taking it to God. My experience tells me he's going to come through. He's going to do it. In his time, I love you. And I'm so grateful for you, for your faithfulness, for your patience, for your love for God. Stay the course. And let's love one another. and Help one another. Right? Encourage one another. Strengthen one another. Pray for one another. You may be going through the hard thing today, but it may be to me tomorrow. Let's, let's hold one another as we go through it. And hold to him most.